0: Welcome to the H.U. Pirate Ship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the Pirates. It's year three of the podcast and we recorded this episode on September 13th. I'll be your host, Big Reek, and we also have Hamptonite from the H.U. Pirate Ship. What's going on, Hamptonite?
1: Oh, man, nothing's going on, man. This is year three. Oh, yeah, my God. year three, man. <laughs> wow. You're talking about... That's year three, but... You know it's always a blessing man, you know this is you know this is something I look forward to every year and every week. So yeah, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, no doubt it's fun man. it, it is a fun 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 time. So cool man. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about the uh, nice bounce back win for the Pirates against Delaware State. We'll uh go over the MEAC scoreboard, uh look at the week 3 matchups for the MEAC and then talk about Hampton versus Livingstone. So uh, let's uh, talk about that Delaware State win. Uh, nice bounce back win for the Pirates. They won 28-15. to 15. Hampton's now 1-1, and 1-0 and in the MEAC, first place. And then Delaware State is 0-2 and 0-1 in the MEAC. Uh, it was a pretty good game, man. As always, we'll go through the good and the bad. Nothing particularly ugly. Well, maybe there was. Maybe special teams. But definitely the good and the bad uh, for this week. Um let's see man so a lot of good things to talk about especially after that Ohio game best part is they get to taste that taste out of their mouth and us as fans we get to forget that Ohio Ohio game and see um, more what the Pirates have in store for this year so a good win for that Um, there was some excellent individual performances Uh, Delman Delman Williams man he's looking good oh he looked good against Delaware State he was 16 for 25 300 yards three touchdowns, and he's, like, careful with the ball. So last year, man, sometimes, J.J., you don't know where that ball was going, but De- uh, Delmon is pretty good with uh, placing the ball where it needs to go. Um, Alden Knight had a big week. He got behind the defense all all game. He had four catches, 472 yards, two touchdowns. For that effort, he was uh, made w- Rookie of the Week uh, by the MEAC. Um, Ronald Bell, another um, good performance by him, um, six catches for 89 yards. Uh, Yaki Johnson had a big night. He had a hom- 100, over 100 yards of total offense. He had 86 yards rushing and 26 yards receiving. Then we had on the defensive side, uh, Steven Smith. He had 11 tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss, uh, sack and a half. For that effort, he was named Defensive Player of the Week. And then the newcomer for Hampton is Raheem Husky. Uh, He's a transfer transfer from Marshall. He had 11 tackles, one forced fumble. And if uh, Hampton, I'm sure you saw this too, but if you're at the game, and he wears number 26, so, and, you know, we've been slow. The team has been slow to update the personnel bios. You don't really know what this guy's about. He's flying around. He's lighting people up. I mean, he he plays the game fast, and he's fast and he hits hard. So I'm like, who is this safety? You know, hitting people, knocking people out. But uh he actually plays a linebacker for the Pirates and he had a nice impactful game man so he was flying all around. Um any other good performances Hampton? tonight anything I missed about the uh individual performances this week?
1: Oh uh, no you actually I think you pretty much hit everything on uh everything on the head. You want, what? What I mean is a nail on the head. Um, I will say that uh, Delman Williams did look a lot better coming from a very paltry performance against uh, the Ohio Bobcats. And I never saw a person bounce back like that. He went from looking like, I would say, remember that old quarterback from Detroit Lions, Scott Mitchell, who was horrible, <laughs> yeah. you know, the first week then he turned around and looked like Lamar Jackson the next week. That's, that's like beyond a 180-degree turnaround, you know? I mean, and then uh, Alden the Knight, uh, a freshman who actually was assigned to last year's recruiting class, and I don't think he academically qualified, you know, he came out in a big way with four catches and 172 yards. And we did see those flashes against, um, when, when he played Ohio, uh, how he got behind the secondary. Just The balls just did not reach him. And um, of course, um, Raheem Husky, you know, he actually can go from sideline to sideline. And, you know, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Devin Van Dyke, you know, of last year. You know, I think he will probably fill in that role for us this year. And, um, 11 tackles and one forced fumble, you know, that's almost Justin Durant-esque. Yep. And, <laughs> and, I did, uh, see that the secondary was very big and very physical, and I think that will be very problematic for, I would say, you know, plotting and slow offenses and, you know, offenses that use, like, I would say, short passing games, and, um but you were at the game and i i know you you, you talked about the actual the scoreboard and you know all of the new amenities that Hampton is bringing and you know i think that's always a positive note for the program and i'm excited for it so everything right now just look really good but this is delaware state so i don't want want to be i want to temper it slightly
0: yeah that's true it should be tempered no doubt um you know, it's interesting, for m- much of the second half, it was a one-score game, but like, never at any point did I feel like, hey, we might lose this game. It was just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, plotting a little bit, but never was this game out of control. You saw that the defense figured out that quarterback for Delaware State and what he was trying to do, and now uh, they took over the game, so nice. And that's a good comparison you have from, for Husky, comparing him to Van Dyke from last year. The only difference I see is that, like, Van Dyke, at times, he was dragging his legs. So, you know, he had some bad wheels from <laughs> yeah. Virginia Tech. So, yeah. you know, he wasn't fully healthy, especially in the beginning of the season. But, like, Husky is healthy, man. I mean, you know, he, he just fly around lighting people up, man. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's like Delaware. It's, he's like a fully healthy Van Dyke.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yep, and... Uh, yeah, the other thing, I didn't I didn't really mention um I didn't mention Shy McKenzie, but he didn't have like an outstanding night, but I think in the second half you you got to see what he's capable of. He I think he's a kind of guy who he gets warmed up. Like Yaki, mm-hmm. you can just throw him out there, he's gonna run around the edge, make moves, but you know, over time McKenzie he just builds up steam. And then by carry ten, twelve, they don't want to hit him. Like, I saw that in Delaware State, man. It's like, McKenzie, he was waiting for contact, and, like, nobody hit him. (laughs) So he's like, all right, I'm going to run. But, you know, you can tell Delaware State did not want to hit him. So if we can kind of keep him ready for the second half to just close out games, we might have something there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, he could be our nail-in-the-coffin type of back, you know, uh, a fourth-quarter bell cow. And hopefully, you know, Manor – would use him in that uh, capacity, you know, similar to how he did with Eric Carter. Yep,
0: no doubt. Yeah, he's a better Carter, too. He's better. Yeah. Yeah, He's a better Carter. So, um, good stuff, man. Other notes, let's see, offense had uh, 439 yards. That's pretty impressive. Held Delaware State 267 yards. Another thing that stood out to me was how big and physical the secondary is. I mean, they got some big people out there. Um what's the the cornerback number eleven? Just slipped my mind.
1: Oh, Tank Scott. Yeah,
0: I mean he's big. I mean sometimes he looks like he's a little too big to be a cornerback, but I yeah. mean then he makes some really athletic play. Yeah. Um he he's good back there. Number one, um, Brendan Cole, he's six three, two twenty three. Yeah. Got another guy from Norfolk State. He's pretty I mean, they've got some good size back. Harry Freeman, six two, one eighty. Um, They've got some good size in the secondary. So there's a lot to be excited with the defense. They're doing, they're, they're, they're looking pretty spectacular right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. No
1: complaints there.
0: No, none at all. And like you mentioned, the high def scoreboard, that's a nice touch. But there's one other thing that they did, man. So like when you come into the game, like normally they had the tickets at the, like at the field. But now mm-hmm. it's like once you get to the convocation center, there are like gates around the whole thing. So once you get to the convocation center, you're in like the game area. So uh-huh. out, outside they had food trucks and all kind of things. so you can just kind of go into the game and come out and they got better food options and better you know products you can buy and you're not really trapped inside the stadium. So that was a nice little touch too there.
1: That is smart, and I think that's probably either from the marketing and or probably from you know combination with Eugene our athletic director, so that's kudos all the way around and I can't wait to see it
0: yeah, it's nice it's a good look looks pretty good so yeah that's that's thats uh, it was a good game it was a good a good time I had um this weekend um the bad man. special teams i mean I think that's com- I don't know how they correct that uh they had some uh this punt team especially man they had Bad snaps, they had block punts. Uh, it, it was just a, a disaster at times on, on the, for the punt team on special teams. Another thing, man, that was interesting. So, you know how on the home side they have those reserve seats and it has the H-U on it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yo, yeah. man, that was um, virtually empty. Yeah. Virtually empty. So, I yeah. mean, that, that just kind of had a weird vibe to it. So, here's what I'm guessing. So we've seen they had that new seating policy where to get those seats, it's kind of weighted depending on how you donate to the team and some other factors. (laughs) To me, it seemed like that's poorly communicated. Like we didn't find out about that until late in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm sure no one else found about that either. So either people weren't prepared and just didn't, you know, buy the tickets or they're protesting or something, but that whole area was empty. And, I was sitting on a visitor side straight across because Delaware State had a few folks there. And around me were many of the old boosters that sat in those typical Mm -hmm. reserve seats. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were protesting or they just (laughs) decided to sit over there because I used to have one of those reserve seats when I had more disposable income before I had a family. (laughs) So I used to sit with them in that section. But now, you know, but I don't know. But that's just bad. You know, you can't have that section, like, empty for a home game, especially opening a home game. I mean, maybe they should use this as an opportunity to, like, open it up to everybody, maybe put some of the students there so they can have, like, some energy right <laughs> close to the bench. But, I mean, you can't have it empty, man. You got to do something else.
1: I know. I, I absolutely agree. And this is, I would say, indicative of, I think, changing of the guard. You know, because I remember when North Carolina and t did something similar and when they approached their fans uh well, their alums about it, you know, they were still, I guess, on that, uh, I would say that church, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole church idea, you know, like, well, I can just give you a hundred dollars and put it in the bucket, <laughs> you, know? you know, it's like, and, and well, at wall, I'll say it like this too. When you go to, uh, uh, Hampton basketball game is normally general seating until you play like one of the big programs. Like if uh, Virginia or North Carolina, which has come to the convocation center, then you got to get in your original seat. And I think what happened is our athletic program, it tried to get cute and tried to get professional, which, I mean, they are professional, but sometimes, you know, Hampton is always run as a family organization and I think they tried to get professional with the family, and the family just did not take it well. And I think it will take, I would say, several revolutions for it to, uh, for it to work properly. And I do think that the old heads, you know, do have a point. But I also know what uh, Dr., well, not Athletic Director Marshall is trying to do. He just wants to streamline the program you know, and he needs more dollars in there, and if you're accustomed to paying, you know, uh, uh, $50, you know $50, you know, in a bucket, then it's not going to work anymore, you know. You know, that new jumbotron is expensive, you know. You have to pay, uh, pay these coaches, you have to pay for that turf and all of that stuff that adorns the stadium. So, yeah, you know, I mean, get with the programmer, get out. But, you know, those alums have been here for a long time. So I think you need to assuage their feelings and just come to a great equilibrium and whatever it is, make it work. And another bad thing, I would just say this too, um, about the special teams. Um, this is, you know, and I mean, we said it again, it's indicative of, uh, you know, uh, trying to look at details, you know, we, we haven't had a real long snapper uh, since Dylan Kearns. And, you know, Anthony Prevost is a kicker and doubles as a long snapper. I don't think that is a a strategic or a smart move. And Adam Brown just, you know, he just looks uncomfortable out there, you know, uh, punny. So, I mean, it's a combination of a lot of things. And I know uh, the special teams coordinator, Jeep Hunter, has a lot of um,
0: <laughs> he just has a lot of work to do. Yo, I and, hope I hope he's working like right now. Like he should. Yeah. Be... <laughs> I mean, you know, like
1: what can you do? You know, yeah. it, it, I mean, you only can work with the personnel that you have. So you know, you can't go out and just um, just bring in a punter off the street. This ain't uh, the NFL. You know, <laughs> you just can't cut people and just say, "All right, I'm just gonna bring someone in." You know, I mean, you have to work with them. And I, I see in my notes it says the O-line did allow too much penetration. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the, I mean, you you were close to them, man. They're some big guys. Oh, they're know? big.
0: Yeah, they're big, man. They're big.
1: I just think that, you know, I did see some of that. Um, I also noticed that when, they, when once they plant their foot in the ground, you know, they could really move some people. You know, I just think that maybe lack of cohesion so far. And, you know, we'll just have to see. And my last thing I'm going to say, which is bad, is the fact that we still ain't got no tight end. Number 88 is not a tight end. Yeah, that's a wide receiver, man. He's a wide receiver. He's like, what, 6'4"? No, no, he's taller than that. He might be 6'5", 6'6". Like 200 pounds. No. No. Do not put that little kid on the line. Because... When I saw him in that little three point stance. I was like, "Bless their heart." <laughs> he was trying.
0: He he was he, small. He, he gave
1: a good effort. He's small. I mean, I know they're waiting on number eighty seven, the freshman, the power kid. But get out of it. That kid's too small. Put that boy out out in the slot. Let him catch a couple of jump balls or something. And I think I'm done with the bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you mentioned there was one thing. Let me go back to that seating thing. I think this is actually a, a big deal. So. You know, when you and I I won't definitely won't blame the boosters or the people who have those reserved seats, but I used to sit in that seat so seats for a couple years and uh, I remember man I would come I would I think I had either two or three tickets and I would bring my dad, uh usually my dad came with me, or my brother, man, and we would try and cheer yo if we cheer too loud like people around us like yo bro what are you doing like <laughs> i'm trying mm-hmm. to enjoy the game so i think that they could use this as an opportunity to get some fresh blood in there i'm telling you yeah. man, they should maybe get some students in there because i mean that's part of the reason why the stadium is dead at times like you know i mean yeah you want a team as well like people just sitting on their hands so i think they should use this as an opportunity to get some uh some more boisterous fans in that section, especially since they're so close. And quite honestly, when you, when you're down at like second or third row up, I mean, the seats are pretty crappy over there. So just put some people over there that want to scream or so. (laughs) No, I, I I
1: agree. I I definitely agree with that. You know, the conservative nature of Hampton, you know, has always, you know, lended itself to, I would say the older establishment, but, you know, you know, it the fans and you know the, the kids need that energy in the stadium and to have them I would say to the left of the players, you know, just doesn't I would say add any credence to it. Plus there's no elevation in that stadium anyway. So uh, I mean, it would be great if you know, the stands did move a little bit farther back and the students sat in the middle right there. That would be awesome, you know? Yeah. But but unfortunately we're not at that stage where we should have been, where, you know, there should have been stadium expansion, so.
0: Yep, gotta get that money, raise some money, so. Yeah. Ah, good stuff. Well, we'll, we'll see, man. Next week should be interesting, but a good a good showing by the Pirates. So, hey, let's jump into the Miak scoreboard. An interesting week for the Miak, Very competitive week for the most part. Um... This is one of the most competitive starts to the MiAC that I can remember in quite some time. So let me ask you a question, Hamptonite. Um, mm-hmm. What do you attribute this year's early success to as far as out-of-conference competitiveness goes and wins are concerned? Like, Are we just due as a conference? or Do we have more talent? Do we have better coaches? Like, Why are we actually winning these games that we normally don't win?
1: Well, I would say this. I think we do have better coaching, and I also think that certain programs have been very strategic with what they do, mainly North Carolina AT, t mainly North Carolina Central, and I would say increasingly FAMU and, to a certain extent, Bethune cookman And the reason why I say this is because, when you even said that you bumped into a few North Carolina central linemen before, and you said they were legit. You know, they were really d one size of line, you know, line, uh, linemen. And even when I looked at North Carolina A&T, they are run like a – I wouldn't say like a they're, – they're run like a top-tier FCS program, you know, with, with the players – and you can, tell, you can look at the level of nutrition and the level, level of uniformity on that offensive and defensive lines. And if you look at their coaching staff, they have a full assortment of coaches. They're not like one of these little programs where, you know, you got like, uh, you really got six pro, six coaches. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. And you got three coaches doing double duty. You no, know, triple duty. <laughs> right. So, no, no, no. I mean you could see the proof in the pudding in some of these programs. And, like, I looked down at FAMU, you know, I think a long time we kind of looked at, uh, was it Anthony? I mean, what's the coach? uh, Wood?
0: uh, I forgot his name. Yeah, I think it's Wood. Alex Wood, maybe? Yeah, Alex
1: Wood. Yeah, Alex Wood. You know, at first we kind of looked at him like, oh, he just don't know what he's doing. But if you notice what he's done with the program, the line is better. He got a three-star quarterback. You know, he has Brandon Norwood Norwood down there. They might be a year or two away, but you could see they're actually moving in the right direction. And then you go over to Howard, you know. Howard which is which was a doormat for I mean, uh, for decades. And all it took was to get um, Mike London in there. And now they put up 31 points on a, a poor Kent State team and lost by seven points, you know? So, I mean, I'm not going to say MIAC is due. I just think that the MIAC actually has strategically put some, they got good coaches now, and they got good supporting coaches. And you can tell some of these programs have now invested in, I would say, nutrition and weight room uh, facilities. And you can see it when they play. And um, I will also say this, too, that... um, uh, Oh, God, I lost my train of thought. But um, Mm -hmm. um, I forgot. But I would just say this, too, that... Oh, no, I was going to say you look over, even look at the SWAC, you know, they got Michael Haywood, you know, he coaches Texas Southern. um, And even though that team looked very terrible, he coached at Pittsburgh and he was a head coach at Pittsburgh. And then he was a head coach over at um, um, University of Ohio. So, and I think at one point he was, oh, I was Mike Waxley. He was a head coach at New Mexico state, but you're starting to get some coaches who coached at the FBS level who are coaching in the MIAC and Alex Wood being one of them, Mike London being another one. And then you have top tier coaches in in, uh, Broadway and Jerry Mack. And, you know, sky's the limit. So as of right now, I'm very encouraged with the MiAC play.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's looking really good. Um, I think think it's like uh, definitely coaching. But I think somehow these coaches are bringing in better talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I definitely the the, the Jimmys and the Joes, um, but I think they're coming because they're being recruited properly. And as yeah. you say, when they come and see the facilities, they see the program. Um, they're encouraged mm-hmm. by by what they're seeing. Um, like if you look at the teams that are beating these out these teams out of conference, like Howard, I mean they got that Newton kid. Um, Kaylin, right? I'm not going to say Cam's little brother, but um, Kalen, I mean, I mean, he's playing extremely well. Um, and weren't, Philly, we,
1: weren't we in the running for that kid, too?
0: Yeah, yeah, so I heard. Yep. Um That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yep, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's balling. Um, they got Philly, y'all. He's my favorite player in the Miac, a definite pro. Um, A&T, who's beating folks and like, Laying the wood to people. I mean, they've got talent up and down. But Don Cookman with their big win. I mean, they've got legit FCS talent that they're finally putting into use. And then us. I mean, if you look at the. I mean, South Carolina State. I mean, they got you know defensive player of the year national candidates as always. What they keep bringing town. But us. I mean, we'll see how it comes together. But I mean, if you just look at the team, I had a pretty good vantage point. I mean, they look good. I mean, you know, I yeah. mean, this is where we got to give Maynor some credit when he came in, man. You know, Rose had <laughs> Rose. The team was was looking a hot mess, man. I mean, we we just there was no. You look at him, mean, you you weren't sure what you were looking at, but you know, well, when, what, when this when, Hampton when, team run yeah. out the, the tunnel, it's like, all right, they put together, man. I mean, yeah, like, they
1: they're put together. And then when you saw a Rose team, it looked like a like a uh a quad a high school team, you know, and like I remember the players not i mean just having flashbacks, we had a center at one point that was six one two hundred and forty pounds, and you remember, I think we had a tackle who was six two two sixty five um I forgot his name, and then yeah, and then you top off with a quarterback who is what uh 58 or 59 a uh, buck 70 oh, and
0: remember some of our alignment i mean you talk about the small alignment but what, what about some of the other guys who yeah we you know, it was no there were another they, way man they were yeah, like four bills <laughs> you know <laughs>
1: yeah they would have like no no but the thing was they wouldn't have any height yeah. they would be like 63 45 four, <laughs> you know right. just, I mean, it's like that he. Oh God, I, I, I don't want to go in there with. You, yeah. But I'm yeah. gonna just say it like this. It just like I saw because I still have the the old ESPNU games when we used to play under Coach under uh, Don Rose, and I looked at the game that we played against North Carolina Central at North Carolina Central, and I think Travis Champion was starting. And,
0: I was there for that nonsense.
1: Yeah, and I think the running backs we had was uh, Jeremiah Schwartz. And, and they, they just got hammered. And we were so – we looked like a big high school team. And it was very it was very appalling. But I do applaud Maynard in bringing a uniformity to the program. The offensive line looks massive. The defensive line looks massive. And we look like a bunch of headhunters out there, which yep. I'm happy
0: Yo, they be hitting, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, them, them, them pass were cracking, man, uh, against Delaware State. So, yeah, that's good, man. So, yeah, talent, but, leaning to it, talent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But hitting and cracking don't give you MIAC championship. No, that's
0: true. That's true.
1: Uh, yeah. And we've yet to see that.
0: Yeah, that's true. At least we weren't getting hit. Not the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, great, man. So, yeah, let's go, let's go through the scoreboard. Uh, let's see. Morgan State lost to Albany 26-0. to uh, Appalachian State beat Savannah State 54-7. to Savannah State, they're on their way back to D2, right, uh, soon? Yeah.
1: yeah. I know that coach is actually probably putting up resumes now. I
0: hope so. Yeah, man. Um, Howard, they lost to Kent State. That was a close game. Kent State actually had to dig deep to get this win. Um, mm-hmm. So Howard is just continuing with their thing, but of course, my favorite guy, Philio, did you see that 75 yard run yet? I mean he just the nice little uh, I think run play to the right put his foot in the ground and was out man. so I mean he he's he's the engine that makes this whole thing go. I mean I think you can scheme and stop Newton. Um, if I'm playing Howard, I'm gonna force him to pass. I'm gonna do everything I can to stop the run, but I mean Philly. I mean he's just he's just a, a man out there um, well, tearing just like, up.
1: just like I'm boycotting the NFL, I'm boycotting watching Howard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. Oh well, yeah, boy. Yeah, that's a whole another discussion. Yes, no doubt. Um, William and Mary beat Norfolk State twenty to six. That was a respectable score. Uh, the second half seemed like it was a turd to watch, but. Um, I, one thing I did, man, I watched some of the highlights, uh, lowlights of this game, and Norfolk State offensive line is bad, man, bad. They they got some work to do this year. I, I don't know where they're going this year, but their old line is is terrible. So bad luck for Norfolk State. Uh, North Carolina A and T beat Mars Hill fifty six to nothing. So this is what I'm hoping for. Like I, I watched some of this, some of these highlights as well. You know, talked to some A and T folks, read some posts throughout the message boards, and like this was a dominating win by A and T over Division two team. It wasn't close, and and Mars Hill actually has some talent, but A and T just shut them down. Conversely, if you look at North Carolina Central versus Shaw, now Central shut out Shaw forty one to nothing, but Central folks didn't seem too happy about this game. So it was a sloppy win. They just won because they should. Um, but you know, that's there's two interesting ways to beat a division two team. One is dominant and one is just kind of back into it because 'cause you're better. And um but then Cookman beat southeastern uh Louisiana, another uh F uh B S team mm-hmm. uh beaten by the Miak. So a pretty interesting week. Um uh good wins by the Miak, man. Any of these games stick out to you?
1: Um, I'm just gonna say, uh, Doom Cookman beating South Southeast Louisiana, and the reason why I say that is because Batum Cookman, you know, everybody's talking about A and T and Central, but Batum Cookman, you know, they quietly uh, rebuilt that program, you know, post Brian Jenkins, and you know, everyone is looking, you know, everybody's looking at the new, the new upstart in Howard, and everyone's uh, looking at the Colossal Giants and A&T and Central, but people are, you know, need to keep their eye on um, Cookman. And even though Cookman never really has a great quarterback play, they're always a good uh, uh, defensive and run-oriented team. You know, and they always fade late in the uh, MIAC. But, you know, we could probably see something interesting this year. And, you know, and I think, aren't we headed down, down there, uh yeah, or do we have them on schedule?
0: Uh, yeah, we're playing them this year. Um, yeah. I yeah, we're, yeah, yeah,
1: we're yeah yeah we're going to Daytona in October 28th, and ooh, that's going to be a rough one. And um, you know, I mean, they're they've been laying the wood this year, and I think that you know what some people have been saying on the MIAC Fan Zone, you know, the racial climate brings our kids back to HBCUs. I'm not going to say that in a football arena. I just think that they've been recruiting some really good kids there. And um, you know, and, and plus somebody and sometimes the talent is so, you know, so close when you go to lower FBS and, you know, FCS programs. Cause if you think about it, you know, I mean, you know, if you even look at Ohio State's roster, you'll see like a couple a lot of three stars on there, you know, a couple two-star kids on there. So, I mean, but that's just Ohio State. But like Southeast Louisiana, yeah, there are a lot of two stars on there. One stars, three stars mainly. So, you know, I, that's why I would just say that, you know, it's a, it's a pretty surprising win.
0: Yep, very surprising. Let's hope by the time we play, but don't cook though, is when they start their annual slide or swoon. They just lose focus for a couple games here and there every year. Sure. So hopefully, hopefully they do it again against us. Yeah. So that'd be nice. Um, yeah. Let's see week three matchups. So there's some interesting matchups this week in the Miac. Um, this one ain't interesting. Delaware State versus West Virginia. Ah man, ah, good luck to Delaware State. Just stay healthy um, <laughs> on that one and get the check and get out of there with no major injuries. Here's my game of the week for the Miac. Howard, uh, who's at home? Howard uh, at, Richmond. at Richmond. That's right. Yeah. How do you see this game
1: going? Uh, Well, I'm going to just say this. Richmond has always been a strong FCS program. And um, I think that they are going to definitely be ready for Howard. And I think Richmond would have beat Kent State anyway. So I think that I'm not going to say it's going to be close, but I say Howard is going to put up an initial fight. And I do think the coach there at Richmond, um, is probably going to have a pretty good defensive game plan to stop Newton because he's still a freshman who can't really throw. But, you know, it will box him in. And I think that, you know, unlike Kent State who took Howard lightly, I think Richmond will be ready for him and it's at home. So I think that it will probably be a score like a 34-14 to type of game. Yeah,
0: I I I, I tend – I am – Agreeing with you, I hope that Howard can pull this out. Uh, but hey, I mean, London's a good coach, man. So,
1: I, I oh, I, and he yeah, and London used to coach at Richmond too. So
0: yeah, of yeah. course
1: he wants to win. But did he he did win a national title there, with him. He did, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So that's true. So so yeah, yeah I I know he would probably would love to go in there and win,
0: man. So you know, if Howard wins this game, it's, it's on like popcorn. Like you gotta it it ain't a fluke if they win this game but it's going to be a definite challenge for them um, cuz i you know they they beat Kent. they were close in Kent state but you know i'm starting yeah. to see some warts there um, yeah. so somebody's going to box in newton and 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 make, make it interesting but their defense yeah. the defense is the achilles heel defense is yeah. terrible yeah. so yeah man i'm going to keep that offense on the bench and then just pound them yeah, uh, but, but we'll see Good luck Good luck to the Bison uh, South Carolina State Johnson C. Smith That's nothing Yeah. Uh, Savannah State what, Who are they playing man They're playing Montana, Mon- Montana. Good gosh and man. they're going They're going
1: to Montana Oh snap
0: What the hell man I mean <laughs> I guess uh, Oh well That ain't interesting Yep. So up next we have Norfolk State at James Madison. I think this game is going to get <laughs> ugly, man. <laughs> I mean, the, the James Madison—they are a beast. So I, 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 God bless you, Norfolk State.
1: The, the, the Latrell Scott farewell tour. Get your tickets now.
0: <laughs> oh man, you you think it's that time already?
1: No, not yet. But ooh, I mean James. I mean James Madison after William and Mary. That's just... And then you lose to Virginia
0: State. Ugh. Ugh. Yo. That's just... Yeah, That offensive line I saw, man, they're going to get worked. It it ain't going to be pretty, man. And have you you been to that stadium anyway? It ain't fun to go there anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I haven't been in a while, but every time I see the stadium where it's on uh, watching uh, highlights, it looks like nobody's there. It just looks like there's vast sections that are not even one person is sitting in. So... I mean there's they have to breathe some sort of excitement into uh you know, into that uh that program and I'm just not seeing it.
0: Well is that from Madison or Norfolk State? Oh, I'm talking about Norfolk State. I'm oh, okay, State. no, I'm talking about uh, James Madison, man. Their fans oh, I, are, oh are, no, no,
1: no. Oh please. Oof. And they and James Madison's actually you know, they actually what uh built onto that stadium there and mm-hmm. You know, they're going to, first of all, this is nothing but a feast for them. You know? I mean, this is like, you know, like when you're feeding a lion, you know, like a domesticated lion in a zoo. And I don't know what you feed lions, but you're feeding them some sort of protein. Right now, Norfolk State is that protein that you throw out of a bucket and the lions just feast on it.
0: They about to feed them Spartans, man. Spartans in dresses, man. That's what they about to be eating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, Norfolk State, I mean, uh, they're, they're literally are the the feast right now. They are literally like the food that comes out of the bucket when you feed those sharks.
0: <laughs> chum. <laughs> chum, yeah, chum. Chum, absolutely. Oh, yeah. good luck, man. Jeez. <laughs> We're always pulling for the meat, but damn, all right. Good luck to the Spartans. Uh Morgan State, man. Now they got Rutgers. Rutgers is bad, but you know, we know how this game is gonna go. Uh for Morgan State. Uh, let's see after that. This is the second probably best game on the on the uh schedule. It's uh, North Carolina AT versus Charlotte. Um mm-hmm. I think some folks are even predicting that North Carolina A and T will win this game. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure about that. Um but if they win this game, then they it's serious, man. They they have the talent, but for some I ain't feeling too good about this game. I think they can definitely pull it out.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, Charlotte actually got beat last year by, not last year, but I think a couple of years back by another HBCU. Or um, they they took a really bad loss from HBCU. And um, Charlotte, you know, they're still trying to find their legs as a program. And it's just, they're similar to, I would say, Georgia State, who just lost to Tennessee State. Yeah. You, know, they're, you know, they, you know, they have not found the talent nor the level of support for the program. So, no, A&T, you know, should be a favorite in the, in this game.
0: Yep, amazing. Um, next the game is uh, Tennessee State uh, and uh, FAMU. They're playing this in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. Tennessee State should win this game, but I would not be surprised if somehow Florida A&M uh, pulled it out. Uh, that mm-hmm. should be an entertaining game. And then, We got Bethune-Cookman versus Florida Atlantic. So, Florida Atlantic, they got some interesting players. Bethune-Cookman can win this game. I'm expecting them to. So, this should be a good game. But, Florida Atlantic, their offense is nice. So, it'll it'll be interesting. If they can stop this offense somehow, they should be able to make it competitive. But, uh, that's going to be a tough task
1: absolutely absolutely I do think that um, Lane Kiffin will pretty much find a wrinkle in the Bethune Cookman uh, Bethune Cookman's defense and um, remember uh, Flea is one of the coaches so you know he knows Bethune Cookman well uh, so yeah I do think Florida Atlantic will probably will get a good win and it's at their home too in Boca Raton as far as for FAMU and Tennessee State you know I still think FAMU is still two years away But Tennessee State, you know, I would say they would really be they will beat FAMU, and but FAMU will actually make it competitive for about a quarter or so.
0: Yep, yep, sounds about right. Um, so cool, man. Should be some good games for the MiAC this week. It's really like one of the last tune-ups for the most part until we jump into conference play for er everybody. So, (laughs) on to this Hampton Livingstone game. Uh, you know. Deep Division Two team, Livingstone, fellow HBCU. They're struggling this year. They are 0-2. They've lost to uh, Benedict College, uh, 28-15. to And they lost to Kentucky Wesleyan. So, they're struggling, man. I mean, this game really is all about Hampton and whatever they're trying to do. So... I think Hampton wins this game if they just have a clean game. Just come out of this game feeling good about yourself. Um, don't leave anything on the field. Just try and make this like a perfect scrimmage here. Um, I want to see the offensive line get pushed, get low. I'm sure they've been hitting the sleds because that's been one of their problems, getting low and like driving their feet at times. So I'm sure they hit the sled this week. Um, so I want to see the offensive line just dominate. See them get you know two hundred plus yards on the ground, make it easy for Williams with that play action game. Um, I am expecting the special teams to give up something. They're going to give up a score or give up bad field position, and because of that, I'm looking at like a forty two to seven uh, score uh, for Hampton. That that score is going to come from special teams in some way. Man. What what are your cues? What are your keys to this game? What what does Hampton have to do to win this game?
1: well i definitely run the ball of course you know i think we will not have any issues with yaki and shy mckenzie you know getting to that next level um i do think that the offensive line needs to show who's boss and they've showed um they have showed they did show that against delaware state you know i think in the uh third and fourth quarters you know they just kind of clamped down and just played uh uh, very, uh, smart and tough football. I do think that I have looked at Livingstone football <laughs> and, oh, oh God, I mean, they just look like a, you know, like, uh, like a, a fast team. And I think fast in a sense, like they run left and right really well, but you know, they're not going North and South at all. They're, they've gone a lot of South more than North, mm. um, I do think that, you know, Hampton special teams will probably create some issues and that will probably lead them to maybe a, uh, a score and a couple other uh, great field positions. I'm sure we're going to have a long snapper, a, lo- uh, a fumble snap, a botch snap or a <laughs> 11 yard, an eight yard punt that goes into the stands or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah um, we had that, too. man. Yep,
1: <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So we'll have something like that. Um, But this game could either go to be a blowout or it could be like that Kentucky State game that we did. No, man.
0: No. Please, no.
1: And I do not want to see that. I do think that Maynard and company needs a confidence boost heading into the next game, which, which will be Monmouth. And I do think that for Hampton to be successful... Run that ball early and often, and then use that to play action with Alden Knight, uh, Wesley Wolfolk, and Ronald Bell. And um, hopefully, I'll say this too, we can get a tight end catch on this game. And as far as the defense, you know, the defense, they're just going to probably play lights out football. So I don't have anything there.
0: Oh, you're right. I agree. And hey, since you mentioned Monmouth, I've been thinking about this game. I watched them play Lehigh this week, Mm -hmm. and they're good. Their quarterback's good. Their offense is good. Their defense can be had, but their offense is legit. Um, So I think that the game against Monmouth will tell exactly where Hampton is. Yeah. Exactly. There will be no pretenses after that Monmouth game. So I'm looking forward to that game um, as a real barometer for what Maynard's is trying to do here because that's a good team.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I I think maybe we should probably put our podcast on, you know, one of their little chat rooms or something so they can yeah. <laughs> take, uh, get a list to us. Let over me see it. if I can find I don't want...
0: somebody over there to, to talk to, <laughs> get us some Yeah, tips. But they got Not one like running a... back, man, who's like a sprinter. And they're like, you know, I was watching his first carry. Uh, I think he went for like 70 some yards, like right up the gut. I mean, it was something crazy, man. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, they, they,
1: they I've actually, I've actually, I've actually been to Monmouth a few times. Um, when I've gone up through Jersey, and you know, it's a pretty interesting school. So, <laughs> so
0: yeah, so I think this is this
1: our first time playing them.
0: I think it might be like they've been playing Miac schools for the past couple years. So I think, but I do think it's our first time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, good. Look forward to that, man. Um, but again, good show, man, and uh, we'll be watching Livingstone this week. Go Pirates! <laughs> <laughs> well, we will probably they're
1: we'll probably watching, you know, uh, a a drubbing, you know. So um, hopefully, you know, we we are very nice with what we how we treat them. So
0: <laughs> yeah, let, let's hope, man. Show some hospitality
1: absolutely
0: sweet man alright man thanks man and go pirates
1: H2